Welcome to the KMOX Home Improvement Show. Presented by Suburban Leisure Center. The place with the big red chair. Now, Scott Mosby on the voice of St. Louis KMOX. And welcome. Good morning, KMOX. Scott Mosby, two hours home improvement. All about you, for you, with you. Phone lines for you to share all your experiences, favorite products, things you'd like to uh, discuss as far as the weather, anything you've got on your mind here at the family of University of Camo X. Phone lines for you. Please call. I am here by myself, sitting in a room and producer prodding me to come up with something interesting to say. Well, that's you. We're going to talk about all the issues you face at home. We've got some weather moving in, things to talk about around there. Temperatures are dropping, have been dropping. So freezing consequences are now upon us. But the phone lines for you to participate in this two-hour forum here on KMOX, 314-436-7900, toll-free, 800-925-1120, 800-925-1120. May we live in interesting times. Holy smokes, folks, we're off and running here again with a new round of COVID. I wish you all a very happy new year, um, or as others have uh, spoken yesterday and last night, goodbye 2021. So uh, off we're off, we off we go and running. Uh, little things that I want to bring to you. I'm a, a kind of a student of current events as it relates to this show, the topics in my career at Mosby Building Arts. This is something that's near and dear to me. We get quite a few questions recurring from the listening audience. The uh, price of lumber. The demand for lumber, the outlook for lumber, lumber futures for January 2022 and February and even March now are trending upward because as uh, there were many foundations that were put in for new homes a couple years ago when the, when the supply chain got really strange and the cost of lumber skyrocketed to $1,700 per thousand board feet uh, or basically $1.70 per board foot, a board foot being 12 inches by 12 inches by one inch thick, which dress down after they sell it to you and me by running it through the planing mill and all, it's only three quarters of an inch thick or whatever that nominal thickness is that the Lumberman's Association decides what a one by is nowadays. So uh, as that goes, there were a lot of custom builders that just didn't buy lumber. They just said, okay, if that's the price, I'm not going to play. So they would get a permit. They would put a foundation in, and there are many foundations sitting there and land developed, ready to build, ready to sell. The demand for these new custom homes, as well as remodeling projects, home improvements, bathrooms, kitchens, cabinets, countertops, everything else that goes into it, demand is rising because, oh, lo and behold, we've got Omicron here, and golly, we're, you know, celebrating the New Year's at home. So, yeah. And now we're sitting around, you know, having that cool beverage, whatever it might be, looking at that tired kitchen that's 20 years old, 30 years old, 50 years, whatever the color. Maybe you've got that beautiful avocado green, harvest gold. Better yet, black was in fashion back in the 60s. I mean, I've been in restrooms in uh, homes where I walked in, the wallpaper was black, the floor was black. 
the uh, paint on the ceiling was black. The fixtures were kind of a uh, ebony finish glass, which was black. And then the plumbing fixtures were black. I didn't even know where my hands were in relation to the water because it was kind of underlit. All that black just absorbs the natural light that's coming in through the door. So just washing my hands was kind of a challenge because there was no contrast. We'll get into that a little bit as it relates to uh, uh, thriving in place, aging in place, staying in your home longer, all those things that uh, are are near to my heart, uh, hopefully to you as well, because it's just preparing for the inevitable future, whether that's 50 years from now or 50 months from now. Uh, All those things are important. My point being that trends come and go, and now the product demand for these uh, for lumber and these building materials is once again, even in January 1st, 2022 today, they're rising uh, because we're again staying home more, planning to go out less, uh, maybe shelving, although the, the travel industry is very optimistic. Uh, travel is very limited compared to two years ago. So again, just keep in mind, the price of lumber futures is going up. So when you go to the hardware store, the lumber yard, and the big box stores, and you look at lumber, it's going to be uh, probably less than where it will be a month from now. Because when I talk about futures prices, this is very much what farmers use to um, lessen their risk of harvest should there be bad weather so they can pre-sell their crops. Likewise, one of the crops that is sold is the foresters that own timber in standing form. They decide, you know, maybe I'm going to sell that timber today at this inflated price. Then they cut it sometime in the next month, next month and they deliver it in, in a month from now. But they've already sold it at, at today's prices. Anyway, phone lines, 314-436-7900, My name is Scott Mosby. This is the CAMWEX Home Improvement Show. Phone lines, phone topics, and weather. I'm guessing we're going to talk about weather. I do have the information, my little cheat sheet here on yep freeze melt ice melt snow melt all those things that will be upon us a short uh, cliff notes version of that you need to stay up until about uh, nine o'clock so right before you go to bed right when that snow starts and the rain stops uh, which basically means all that rain that we're having right now all day long When that starts to freeze, it's soaked into the concrete, it's soaked into the asphalt, it's soaked into the pavers, the deck. Holy smokes, be careful that deck, that stuff freezes right away. My point being that get some ice melt on there right away because while it's still slightly in liquid form before it freezes, if you put this stuff on it, that is the time. So regardless of what your choice of ice melt, snow melt is, The timing to put it, if you put it out there now, you and I go outside, we spread around, rain washes it off for the next eight hours. Fooey, it's gone, and all it does is mess with the uh, grass and the turf. Well, timing is everything. 
just as we're talking about futures on lumber, uh, custom builders, when to put a foundation in and when to frame the house, all that stuff. You and I, when we start our remodeling projects, when we go to the grocery store, when we go looking for toilet paper, for heaven's sakes. Anyway, so much to talk about. I'm glad to be back. Happy New Year to you. I had a very restful and wonderful Christmas. I hope you did too. Uh, Hanukkah was an early season this year. Kwanzaa was upon us a few days. So we are out and running as a population here in the middle of the country. And I like to think we are the smartest birds or smartest bears in the world. Smarter than the average bear is kind of where I'm going with this. But, you know, the Midwest, we don't fly high like the East and West Coast. We don't crash low like the East and West Coast. We just kind of muddle on through here with good old Midwestern values. 314-436-7900-800-925-1120. Scott Mosby, KMOX. When I come back, we're going to go right back to some of these really good phone calls. I've got a great show coming for you because you've called in with some great topics. Scott Mosby, KMOX. I'll be right back. Yes, indeed. Back we are. Hour one, home improvement. We go until one o'clock today here on University of Cam. Come on in. There's plenty of room in the classroom. Just, yeah, yeah. Coffee's in the back. Pour yourself a cup of coffee. Have a seat. Sit down and uh, raise your hand when you have anything to add. We do that by calling in phone line. This is a virtual classroom. 314-436-7900-800-925-1120. When it's cold and rainy like today, coffee lasts me just a little bit longer. It no longer ends early in the morning. It continues throughout that chilly freeze nip in the air. Let's go to my friend Phil. Phil, good morning. Welcome to Camwex, my friend. And how may I help you this day? Um, a while, about a month or so ago, I had my furnace uh, checked for the winter, mm-hmm. and uh, the the guy talked me into getting a uh, digital thermostat. And right after that, you come on the air and say you're not a fan of digital thermostats. Can you uh, expand on that a little bit? Oh, I love digital therm. They're complex. It's like a little computer. So a a digital thermostat will do far, far, far more than a mechanical one. Uh, They are more reliable. They're more accurate. They have many more settings. But it's like driving a Ferrari versus a 1947 Chevy pickup truck. It's a whole different beast if you're trying to or desire to operate, say, a humidifier or a dehumidifier. Digital thermostats will offer those features. You can set the uh, start and stop range or comfort range. So, for you know, it, I, I love digital thermostats. If uh, for simplicity, for example, once you get them set up, generally they're pretty good. But setting them up is uh, nigh on to rocket science. And sometimes, if you have guests or say a spouse or somebody in the house that is less than digitally capable, uh, they can be uh, intimidating. So that's the point. It's the simplicity issue only. Uh, I have digital thermostats. I love them. I've lived with them for 10 years, but I'm a techno geek. So I kind of love that, you know, for a guy my age, uh, I I like the digitals. Um, The problem is the cheap digitals are kind of fraught with problems because they aren't as, they don't have the programming to make them easy to use. Okay, I, I I guess I misunderstood you. I, I could have swore you said you were not a fan of digital thermostats, but I must have misunderstood. Thank well, you. sometimes you no, know, I appreciate it. I I do like digital thermostats uh, for for um, 
Uh, and this may be on the aging in place when we had Norm Bennett, my compatriot at Mosby Building Arts, oftentimes for somebody that may be in later years, uh, if they grew up with a mechanical simple thermostat, the message there was use the same thing they're comfortable with and familiar with. Because if you put a digital in front of somebody that's, you know, not techno savvy, might be in their 90s that's that's a problem right there so that that you may have heard me correctly in context it's about uh getting thermostats in front of people they are con- be comfortable with and familiar with okay thank you right on okay thanks phil thank you for clarifying because i get going sometimes and uh I, we can get off into the weeds without knowing what field to be in thank you all right, home improvement again. Let me uh, resummarize that. Uh, Phil asked, uh, "I'm not. A, are you a fan of digital thermostats? You know, the thing that turns your furnace on and off. I do like digital thermostats. I like them for the people that understand and comfortable with them. Um, and frankly, if you're under the age of 40, a digital thermostat is almost a must because you grew up with uh, smartphones and computers and all the online stuff. So uh, under understand that. Likewise, if you're over the age of, say, 85, it may be a little bit more than you want to handle. So uh, Norm Bennett, who is a uh, a zealous um, advocate for uh, aging in place, thriving in place, staying in your home, making your home suitable for you safety-wise as well as comfort and function, um, that's, that's where that message came from. Let's go see what's up with my friend Anna. Anna, good morning. Welcome to Camway and thank you for joining me. Happy New Year. How can I help? Good morning. I have an issue with animals. The first animal is the mole in my yard, and the second animal is the dog in my house. Yep. And and one doesn't like the other, too. I've noticed that, too. Right. So is there any way to get rid of the moles? They seem like um, they are crazy this year. We haven't had moles in probably 10 years, and now our whole yard is, um, they're having a party. Well, here's the math on that. Uh, Everybody's happy when there's lots of food. So when it rains, you and I see corn stalks that are eight feet tall and soybeans in the farm. I mean, it's obvious that we're going to eat this year because it's raining. Well, those all the bugs that the moles eat, all the little roots that uh, the subterranean critters, that's what thrives. So where we had... Um, less than normal rainfall for some years now all of a sudden we wound up with a ton of rain and you know then everything gets happy and you know that's why the bugs and the mosquitoes went so deep into the season uh, likewise that's what makes the moles happy there's a ton of food underneath the ground because now that ecosystem is thriving just like all the crops we have in the farm fields so that's where your moles come from. Frankly, you can do all kinds of uh, mole killer, mole trap. You can uh, hire services to come get it. Uh, however, there will be so many moles because there's so much to eat. You know, frankly, um, I'm not optimistic, but there are mole traps uh, and there are very effective services around St. Louis um, So to uh, get them. But there's kind of a bounty. So, you know, you can pay $90 a head for a killed mole and, you know, or do this yourself with traps uh, now is a little bit late because those mole traps just won't go into the ground with the freeze and they'll get dormant for the winter but when it comes back in the spring uh, and with rain like this 
boy, they're just going to remain happy until the deep freeze of the soil. My point is, is wait them out. They're going to continue to tear up your soil. Uh, but when we get back to a normal rainfall, we'll get back to normal mole situations. How's that? All right. And the second problem is we have a dog, and this dog does pretty good about going outside, but sometimes um, he makes a mess. And he has um, made a mess on hardwood floors. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to figure out if I would be better off tearing out the hardwood at the um, front door is where the accidents happen. Or um, if there's a way to um, redo the hardwood and seal it so that that scent is not there, or what to do with that. Um, Anna, how big is your dog in pounds? About 20. It's a Shih Tzu. Okay, that's a small enough dog. Uh, your question about refinishing hardwood floors, uh, generally, if you can, if you got a floor register on your hardwood floors, if you lift that up, and then you'll see the side of the wood. Uh, well, how old is your house? About thirty years old. It and it does have the thick hardwood. It's not yeah. um, the engineered. It's okay. The regular hardwood. Well, then you can successfully. Yeah, you can refinish that floor uh, successfully, and if you have a 40-pound dog, it, the claws will just tear up that site finish and the pre-finish. That's why I ask. Uh, I would go ahead and advocate for refinishing, but frankly, the problem with the scent will remain because the urine and the feces soaks in and goes between the cracks of that wood and actually stains the subfloor. Um, so that's the issue with that. Uh, that the scent will remain and outlive the new finish. The new finish will smell so pungent as well that it, for a year or two, it'll seem like you've got it uh, taken care of. And maybe enough time to retrain your dog into going outside and, and being safer. But uh, right now, that dog thinks that's the, the the bathroom. So that's where they're going to notice note to you, let me out. And by the way, I'm I'm going anyway. So. Um, <laughs> you know, it is would what it, it is. Would it work to replace the subfloor and do, um, I mean, to pull it up, replace the subfloor and put yeah. a pile or something there? Yes. Yes, it would. Yes, it would, because you'll el- eliminate all that. And frankly, you can kind of... Uh, belt sand some of that floor out because it depends on how liquid and how far that uh, liquid uh, soaked into the the plywood usually on your house or OSB oriented strand board chipboard you know it doesn't look like plywood but if that scent remains then the dog still sees it as its territory and if you have other dogs that come in and out of the house you know your dog may actually see that if it's a male uh, of marking its territory it's like you just came through my front door you know so you may be really in for some interesting uh, retraining fun <laughs> yeah 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 i know uh yeah i get it um uh yeah i i grew well, up with dogs have a mind of their own <laughs> Well, they're pretty doggone smart, too. That's the other issue. So, I mean, retraining them, yes, they understand what you're saying, but I don't know. Sometimes sometimes with uh, some of the smaller breeds, they just know they're smarter than me, and they can outlast me. So I don't often win. Right. That's the case in our home. <laughs> Understood. Understood. Well, Anna, uh, 
I would probably, uh, and if you refinish, you're refinishing all of that hardwood. So, uh, you know, in small jobs, if it's just the foyer there, that gets really pricey because they're still setting up, they're still tearing down, they're still doing this and dust control and all that. And if you're doing the whole house, that's pricey because you're doing a lot of it. So you really have to decide uh, the age of the dog and, and how that um, life cycle is going to fit in with the finishing and expectation. You know, it's just like having kids, you know, you, you don't remodel your house before having kids. They're going to tear it up. Right. I think we're, we're most likely wait till this dog is passed and then um, redo the floors then. Yeah, yeah. Now, I would offer, there are some anti-scent and uh, urea scent busters, if you will, uh, that are on the market that are pretty effective. So uh, you can't, but then you're dumping liquids down in between your hardwood floor, you know, hoping it's going to work. But I, for me, I, I like uh, I like the small tries before, the, before I go nuclear and start refinishing things or pulling out floors. Right, right. Well, I appreciate your opinions. Thank you so much. Okay, Anna. Good luck. Thanks. Bye. Bye now. Happy New Year to all of you KMOX listeners. Scott Mosby here. Golly, I've been around here a long time, maybe quarter of a century. I enjoy it. This is one of my favorite things each week. Phone lines open for you. Bring them on. Bring it in. Bring it off in 314-436-7900-800-925-1120-800-925-1120. I'm going to pause for now and be right back for more on University of KMOX. All right, speaking a little bit about the time to put down ice melt, uh, anti-snow, uh, salt, any of those Hi, products. Hi, this is Marlo George, Market about, General Manager. Uh, that's an issue. So uh, the point is that right after um, the daylight ends, so it's at dusk, the uh, the rain will continue, so the uh, precipitation keeps coming. And it'll stay rain point, but right when it gets dark, about three hours, it'll take time for the temperature to drop below freezing. And uh, that's when about nine o'clock tonight, uh, according to what I'm looking at, you get about three, four degrees below freezing or wherever that is for you, because in outlying areas, that may be two hours earlier than the concrete jungle of the, uh, you know, the, the city in here. So keep in mind that about 28 degrees, that's the time to put down ice melt and snow melt. And it will already be a little bit icy. And I mean, perilously icy. So just be aware with that. Uh, let's go. Go to the phones and uh, talk to my uh, friend Dania uh, here in uh, KMOXville. Uh, and Dania, good morning. How can I help? This is Scott Mosby. Good, happy New Year. Hi. Yes. Oh, hi there. Um, I have an yeah. old Price Sister faucet from the '90s in my bathroom, and it's dripping. Yeah, I'm afraid to tackle it myself, but I'm thinking of calling a plumber, you know, next week. But what I'm wondering is, just in case it can't be fixed, since it's from the 90s, um, there's so many different kinds of faucets now to buy, like, ceramic disc and cartridge. And if I have to end up buying a new one, what's the best kind to buy that the mechanism will last? Um, well, frankly, Price Fister is actually an affordable line of fixtures. Uh, and, you know, it lasted 30 years. Yeah. So, yeah, you, you know, it, but it, it was an American-designed and mostly American-made uh, 
fixture at the time as well. It, it was pieces were made around the globe. So likewise, almost everything is made overseas today. My point being that staying with a brand name that you recognize, uh, for example, because you have Price Fister, those parts are uh, readily available. So if if the lime buildup in your fixture hasn't gotten too out of hand, your plumber can change or rebuild those um, uh, uh, valves, if you will, or faucets. And the issue on those price fisters is what's the spread? Are they four inches apart? Are they eight inches apart? Is a tub deck that could be any, you know, expanded 12-inch distance? Oh, so. No. Uh, no, it's yeah. just a it's just a regular small like a four inch I think with the hot and cold. Yeah, just a real standard one. Uh, those actually are very easily replaced, and the amount it mm-hmm. frankly those can be replaced in less time by a good plumber than they can be fixed. Um, ah. But uh, just be aware that the faucets that the plumber buys is a cut above in uh, parts and longevity because that plumber is going to give you a warranty on it, which is a reflection on his or her um, uh, reputation. So if you know if you buy a faucet, you're unless you go to a real wholesale supply house, you're going to get a different fixture because here's you know a a big box says we have demand of a faucet at $30, and we can sell 500,000 of them. Well, then the manufacturers, if they can sell 500,000, they build a faucet to that price, whereas a plumber is, I need a faucet that my reputation is is behind. And Well, that's a different faucet, so that might cost him $45 instead of 30 even though they look exactly alike. So just be aware they aren't. One is built for a price point. The other is built to protect a reputation. Um, I'm not saying there are a lot of plumbers that don't buy those big box store units and such mm. because they're more readily available, but just be aware. So I would pick out a faucet, have one in mind. Um, and discuss that with the plumber on the phone before they get there. Take a picture. Uh, if you can send that by email to your plumber and say, here's what I've got, uh, that's number one. And number two, uh, uh, make sure you have more than just that because the price of getting a plumber there is a lot because just to get him from going to the neighbor's house where he can put in a water heater, which is $2,000, or your new faucet, which is 200 you know, basically they're going to charge the same, you know, it's going to be a couple hundred dollars just to show up, basically. I see. Okay. So I could just sort of rely on the plumber to advise me of the type, like a ceramic disc or another cartridge or Right. Whatever. If you've got a plumber coming out, you already have the expert. Uh, and then follow their lead because their reputation and their warranty is behind that. And how mm-hmm. you think about them a year, two years, five years from now yeah. is on the line as to whether you call them back or not. Uh, but please, please, please come up, uh, go through your whole house, come up with anything broken around that house or needs attention from a plumbing standpoint. Because frankly, um, these guys come equipped, oftentimes have the parts on their truck. They can fix stuff so quickly, but getting them there, as you'll find out, you know, <laughs> yeah. it might be might be a month and a half before they can get over just to keep your faucet from dripping. Oh, well, for heaven's sake. yeah, that's a deal. Okay. Yeah, oh, once I you see. get the horse out of the barn, make sure you ride him all day long before you put him away. So that's that's kind of the plumber game. Electricians most, as well. But most plumbers will be able to supply a faucet rather than me going to Home Depot or something and buying one. If you tell them up front, that's what I'm, if you tell them, say, look, I want, and they'll typically take it to you and have the same conversation and say, is is it Dania or Dania? How do I say Dania? 
Dana. Dana. Oh, I'm yeah. sorry. I'm just misspelling okay. my fat finger. Put Dana, a little more that, in. <laughs> yeah, but they'll have that conversation okay. of, you know, look, it'll take me 20 minutes to rebuild that faucet, mm-hmm. and it'll take me 20 minutes to replace that faucet. One, oh, you have a 30-year-old faucet with new parts, you know, so, I mean, mm-hmm. there, there's kind of the cliff notes of how the conversation goes. I see. Okay, well, thank you. I'll try that. Yeah, okay. Good luck. Sure, See bye. you, Dana. Happy New Year. Bye now. Home Improvement, Scott Mosby, KMOX. I, I enjoy this show because um, if you wonder where I learned all this stuff, I made a lot of mistakes. I've crashed and burned. Granted, I'm a professional. I just made a lot more mistakes at an accelerated rate than you, but I'm kind of like your research and development team. I go out and mess things up, learn from it, and then you call in and I tell you, okay, here's how it goes. This is what's ahead of you. And that's pretty much how we work at Mosby Building Arts. By the way, my day job is Mosby Building Arts. We've been around since 1947 when my father founded this company. It's it's a, it's a really fun career. I mean, this... I get to work with creative architects, creative designers, problem solvers, people that, you know, trying to figure out how to raise the water pressure in a neighborhood with booster pumps because the uh, water, you know, stuff like that. And then I get to work with very talented tradesmen who just love tools and fixing stuff and building things. So, you know, I get the best of many, many worlds, and, and that's why I like construction Pretty much that's why the people at Mosby Building Arts love what they do as well because uh, we've got all those parts. We've got the plumbers, the electricians, all the various trades around that it takes to execute, perform, carry through, warranty, follow up, take care of, and, you know, talk you through the, you know, walk you through the talk. And it's like, okay, well, you know, likewise, so you want a new kitchen? Okay, well, you know, it's going to be five months before we can get cabinets. Oh, well... Or I can tell you, well, we're going to get those cabinets right away. And then you get in, you start the kitchen. Uh, So basically, we have all the materials, especially now. And frankly, uh, your more experienced companies know how and have the buying power to get the materials that oftentimes smaller companies just can't garner, uh, just can't get the respect. Uh, So anyway, let's go. uh, You know what? I better take a little pause here. And uh, wait a minute. Let me see what we've got. Nope. Let's go to Mick. I want to talk about garage doors. Hey, Mick. Good morning. How can I help you, my brother? Uh, and Happy New Year. Hey, good morning, Scott. I've got a question about a very old wooden garage door. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's about eight feet wide. Uh, typical pole door runs on the uh, runners with the springs. Okay. I, I don't know how old this door is. I've been here 20 years, and it was old when I bought the house. Yeah. What I'm, what I want to do is take that door off and um, cut it in half and make like barn doors out of it. I don't use it for a car. Mm-hmm. You know, the the garage it's on is uh, an old cinder block, uh, oh twenty by twenty, okay. small one. But I okay. just want to be able to open both those doors wide so I can get equipment in and out of there. Okay. Um, Should I be messing with those springs is my question. (laughs) No, no, my my mind is like, okay, how am I going to break this to him? Uh, You know, first off, those springs kill people. Um, I know how to do all that stuff and I don't mess with them just because, you know, it's like the surgeon. I can I can use a knife, but the surgeon knows how to use the knife, you know, so they're not the same. 
so no, don't mess with this yourself. Number two, those doors are heavy as the Dickens. There's a reason those doors are now overhead, go up and down instead of hinge like they used to, because those hinging doors, especially heavy wood ones, were very heavy, they would sag. I mean, think about your front door that's three feet wide or two foot eight or whatever and how out of kilter it gets in just a three foot hinge swing. Now think about a four foot hinge swing and how heavy of those doors are. They will sag and drag on the ground and you'll have to put in anti-rack cables or, you know, it's, it's a mess. There's a reason why those doors are overhead and they go up and down now because those hinging doors were very heavy, hard to move, hard to close, and really hard to keep square. Okay, so... And if you do that, I would buy new ones. Right. Um, it's not that big a deal. I don't. We don't have a problem, really, opening and closing it. It doesn't close quite as tight as I would like, and I've got a seal running across the bottom. Still gets a little water under there. Yes, yes. But, uh, no, I was I was just wondering how hard it would be to get it down to make that. But man, you've kind of talked me out of it already. That's, it's that's, a, and it's that's a really deal. what I was looking for. Yeah, it's a big deal. And, and frankly, if you call for service on that door, in some of those old buildings, the opening and all that is so out of kilter that and the door is old and it's so very heavy that the springs necessary you know are even heavier based than a metal door so if you go to get it serviced somebody's going to come out and say you know um it's time for a new door so that's going to be how the conversation goes you're going to pay me more to fix it than you will to replace it yeah and just (laughs) let the professionals mess with those springs i'm sure there's a trick to it Oh, they are the torque on those springs and the strength on those springs. And they, they normally break under normal use. So, you know, just you and I working around our own garage doors, they're still a little bit risky because there's a lot of power, especially on those old heavy wood doors, because lifting up that door, you're trying to lift up a 200-pound door, not a 40-pound metal door. So right. There's a lot of strength. Yeah, don't mess with those springs, please. And if you're going to do anything, most anybody who comes out is going to say, oh, wow, you know, Mick, it, it's time for a new door. Yeah, that could go away and, and the lighter aluminum door or whatever. Yeah, and, and a new yeah. one will work for a long time, and they'll they'll square up and fix some of the sins of the past. Okay. That's exactly what I needed to hear, Scott. I'm, I'm going to leave the springs alone. The life you save may be your own, brother. (laughs) There you go. All right. Thank you, and Happy New Year. Thanks, Mick. You too, brother. Home Improvement, Scott Mosby, KMOX. Now it is time for me to take a short pause and come back. Thank you for joining me on this Saturday. I know it's a rainy, cold, dreary day. We're talking about ice melt, snow belt, and all kinds of things coming on the ice. Be careful, folks. Manana. Tomorrow, when you get up and you go outside to let the dog out, take the trash out, just go out and see what the temperature is. Everything underneath you is going to be frozen ice. Some of it may have some slush or snow on top. I promise you it will be a perilous first step out the door manana be careful um because it's it's going to be slippery 314-436-7900-800-925-1120 scott mosby kmox at your service i will return after this 
Okay, folks, for all of you listeners out there that were listening to me in October and November, preseason that you already have your list, uh, had it on your purchase list, for heaven's sakes, because go today trying to find ice and snow melt, you're going to be one of 10 million people. Well, that's not true. Within the sound of my listening voice, three and a half million people trying to buy ice melt today. So I hope you already had it stockpiled, a good bag or two in your garage, because it's going to be a wet winter, according to, uh, you know, uh, weather forecasts. Uh, certainly today it's going to be a wet day. But uh, I hope you've got your ice and snow melt by now. Uh, let's go see who's been waiting the longest. Let's talk to my friend Jan. Hey, Jan, Scott Mosby. Good morning. Welcome to Cam Wax, and how can I help you there? And good morning to you, Scott, and I so enjoy your show. Thank um, you. My house was built in 1973. Mm-hmm. The three toilets are the originals, and occasionally, even one would say rarely, uh, all three don't stop running after being flushed. What would okay. you recommend? Uh, on toilets that old, I'd probably, uh, what, what brand toilets are they? Do you remember I don't who know. made them? Okay. No. Um, generally, I'd keep them and have them rebuilt. And this is one thing where you get a handyman or a plumber. Uh, and for three toilets, it would be well worth it. I would lift. Uh, I would take a photo, digital photo of that toilet. Also, lift the lid off the tank and take a picture of the inside, underside of that lid and the tank guts itself, so that the plumber can show up with the right stuff. But uh, those are old three-and-a-half-gallon flushes, which are really nice to have. We don't have much of a water consumption problem in the middle of all these rivers right here in St. Louis, so it's not a big deal. Um, So I would rebuild those toilets, and I'd get them all done at the same time by a plumber and let them know, especially because they're all likely going to be the same unit with the same rebuild part. And if if that plumber can get the original equipment, in other words, made by that manufacturer, then you've got some really good units. And um, the issue is your pipes and the whole sewer system in metropolitan St. Louis were built for three-and-a-half-gallon flushes. So I'd keep using those toilets if you're out in one of the water conserving areas out in the mountains or the desert or whatever i'd have a different answer for you but we're in st louis where you know we've got water falling out of the sky coming up on the ground and flowing through the rivers right i understand okie doke thanks so much happy new year to you scott thank you jan god bless you take care thank you you too bye bye uh, and then let's see what's cooking here with my buddy, Mike. Hey, Mike, good morning. A little help from our friends on moles. How can you help us there, brother? Well, I, I uh, had I heard that lady call in, and uh, we actually do have a mole business. I told yeah. the lady I'm not, I, I have no intention of advertising our company, but uh, there's some things about moles people don't know. Uh, yeah. First of all, uh, thanks to Scott. They uh, think, you know, they've convinced people grubs are the main food source. If they lived on grubs, grubs, they would literally starve to death. Their main yeah. food source is earthworms. Like you were saying, 95, uh, 85 to 97% of what you eat is earthworms. And just like you said, that's why you're seeing all the movement with the mild winter we've had so far. Uh, we don't hunt during the wintertime uh, because... Uh, for that reason, because, uh, you know, like you said, you can't get the traps in the ground, then we can't get them out, and then they don't operate properly. Uh, the other thing is, 
they breed one time a year, and they start early spring, around mid-February, and they go, and they, they do this for about 30 days. You can almost count the days. And uh, so that's their most active time. They're chasing each other. And the second active, most active is the fall, because both times you have moist ground, wet, and the earthworms follow the water. And uh, they, so when it's uh, colder, dry, they, the worms go deeper and the moles go deeper. And that's when you see the air vents that come through and have the piles of dirt. And they can take the worst soil and turn that into a powdered mix. So when you get really aggravated at them, don't run over those mounds because then you get the cow patty effect. You just take your phone or a rake and just spread that dirt out. And, uh, you know, the next rain or two, you won't even know it's there. Or you can use that, you know, what they've done, you know, made it into a powder. Almost you can uh, pot, you know, use it for potting soil. Uh, let's see. But, oh, the, the most effective method, and we got this from Ohio State, the Ohio State University, is uh, trapping. That's the most effective way because you know if you, get, you got them or not. Uh, the trap we use is made by a company called WireTech over in uh, Selman, Indiana. It's bulletproof. We've got one of the new, this is our 13th season that we're going to be starting up, and we've got some we bought originally, and they still catch moles. Wow. You can buy it now. You can buy them online on Amazon. Just make sure you get the WireTech brand. We recommend people get two of them. That way, it's just you know, more chance of getting the the varmint. And, uh, and and I think it's like eighty dollars for two of them on Amazon. And I know that was a lot of information. And I was I was machine gunning you with it, but at least you know that's what we know and have learned about moles. Mike, hey, thanks a lot. I'll bring this back during the second hour. I've got about 10 more seconds here. Thank you. God bless you. Happy New Year. And I will definitely regurgitate this information for our listeners. Thank you, Mike. You're quite welcome. It's a pleasure talking with you. I enjoy it when I get to listen to you. Take care. All right. Happy New Year, bro, and God bless you. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye. All right. Welcome back. Home Improvement. Scott Mosby. Yep, waiting for the music here. 50,000 watts, great phone calls, great topics. We are talking about all sorts of things from digital thermostats to uh, rebuilding or replacing faucets, uh, toilets that continue to run. They just don't shut off after flushing the toilet. We've been talking about a lot of plumbing things, and uh, they're issues that I have learned a good bit about over the years. I've tried every possible solution. Sometimes there's just none better than, you know, get a good wizard plumber and have have them come fix it because you know they'll they buy different parts they shop at different places they have different experience uh, actually they even know which toilets are worth replacing and which are not so you know little things like that so keep in mind uh, my name is Scott Mosby I am a generalist so I know a little bit about a lot 
Uh, there are a few things I know a lot about, uh, and you'll recognize that when I get down into them. But for the most part, I depend on people like Mike, who is a professional mole hunter. And when he brings chapter and verse of how to go about um, going at moles, when the season is, uh, when it's worth your time, what you can do yourself, what you can't do yourself. And I just want to thank Mike because he's a perfect example of our Camo X listening family and professional uh, contractor community that knows his stuff. And, and I, I defer to that specific and specialized uh, knowledge and experience. So Mike, here's to you, brother. I much appreciate it. Uh, anyway, I'll get into the summary of, of Mike here in a little bit. Just keep in mind, we've got phone lines open one more hour. Uh, we've got at, at one o'clock coming up here on Camo X, the business of family business or retire ready. And then at, at two o'clock, the uh, business of family business, which is kind of a neat thing because I know many of these businesses and uh, you know have grown up around some of them and I learned the stories and the history behind them and you know personally I, I you know as a you know born and raised in St. Louis fella you know I like those histories <coughs> excuse me I like those histories I like hearing about the people and the families behind them uh, so anyway one o'clock retire ready two o'clock the business of family business right here on KMOX uh, you can follow me and any KMOX uh, radio show or personality through the Odyssey app or application smartphone app app Odyssey A U D like Audie Murphy, Odyssey, A-U-D-A-C-Y, odyssey.com, Odyssey app. You go to the the Apple Store or uh, you know, wherever you get your apps. Uh, also, you can listen live on KMOX.com, uh, 98.7 FM dial. If you're in, uh, in close-in areas, the, the AM signal travels a whole lot further. So if you're in an outlying area, AM is your best game. Uh, and then FM, if you're close in, somewhere near around the uh, southern Illinois transit transmitter site for our tower and then if uh if that all fails you know just tune in on odyssey app you can just take stick it on your phone take take us with you anytime you want uh, so anyway just keep in mind the odyssey app camox.com 98.7 camox 11:20 a.m. So uh, thanks for tuning in and being part of the family. Uh, 314-436-7900-800-925-1120. I'm going to share with you as we go through hour two uh, some of the things as we enter the year. The five remodeling projects expected to boom in 2022 the five most likely and this is by professional remodeler or pro remodeler magazine in our industry uh and those will sound kind of familiar to you one might be a little surprising uh, but i'll share that with you as we get through the hour uh certainly phone lines your topics bring it on bring it in uh the temperature continues to stay above freezing as the rain continues to drop uh i will as well talk about uh, ice melt the various types i promise that in our one this is going to be important if you don't have any get some because this is the um this is the mac daddy of frozen surfaces when you get rain all day and then the sun goes down the temperature drops below freezing and we're not expected to get above freezing at least their forecast doesn't forecast it until we get to monday so it's going to be cold and hard all day and if it gets slick and freezes it's going to stay that way till monday so if you've got something some place you have to go get in and out of the house driving walking uh keep in mind you've got the mail carriers you've got uh you know police and fire that may need to visit in an emergency so just keep in mind be ready for what comes um 
because today's weather forecast is kind of a dandy. 314-436-7900-800-925-1120. Let's go to the phone lines now and see what's happening with my patient friend, Pat. Hey, Pat, good afternoon. Welcome to Lunch on KMWAC. Thank you for waiting, and how can I help? Oh, I have a very quick and probably simple question. I think I already know the answer to, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Mm -hmm. My house was built in 1989, and underneath of our deck, we had a concrete patio for our walkout basement. Mm -hmm. Um, After that, after we moved in, I mean, they only put part of the patio down. It's hard to explain. There was a a dirt area to the left of the patio, and so we had that concreted later. The the original concrete that they put down had that kind of tannish look to it, whereas the newer part is the gray cement color. Mm-hmm. The deck above it has about a half a pencil width between each of the boards for water drainage. Over the years, that tannish concrete patio, original patio, has a pattern on it of the deck above it. And I don't know how to get that staining off of it or if I can. Uh, Does that make any sense? (laughs) uh, Yes, it does. Uh, What is your deck material? Is it a cedar material or treated Uh, lumber? Originally, it was cedar planks. It has since been replaced with the uh, manufactured I don't know what you call it, the vinyl stuff, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Well, I got what I needed. Uh, Treated lumber has a lot of acid in it, so when you have an old treated lumber deck material and it drips between those slots, basically acid is falling down on your concrete, and if it etches that concrete, then that pattern is really hard to get rid of because it's actually removed some of the concrete or cement in between the sand on the surface. Uh, I'm optimistic. Frankly, you have a uh, dirty concrete patio and it is cleaner than some places than others um so believe it or not power washing and uh concrete uh cleaning uh will likely be at least 80 percent successful for you uh because the old the old concrete uh, ages mostly because the dirt gets in there and it stays in there and it's stained well, if you can imagine your car having not been washed since the 1989, you know, uh, <laughs> you know, you can imagine. So my point mm-hmm. is, is I'm pretty optimistic, Pat. If you get a professional concrete cleaner in there and there are round uh, spiraling spinning things uh, that look like a floor buffer um, and floor sander for hardwood floors, but they spray water, you know, you can get that concrete pretty clean and pretty similar. Most of the professional concrete cleaner guys are do this as a precursor to sealing the concrete, which is another recommendation of mine, because if you're going to make this thing really clean uh the other way to say that is you're going to make that clean concrete very receptive to new stains as well so Uh okay yeah that was my second question is should i have it sealed and is there a sealer that is um uh adequate to keep it from repeating this pattern again 
Uh, well, over time, no, but uh, something is better than nothing. And uh, most sure. sealers, you know, anything is better than nothing. So, uh, frankly, you're in for the cleaning either way to get it to match. Um, okay. Even a bad sealer w- is going to be good because all a sealer does is it doesn't keep your concrete from staining it keeps that stain from soaking into a quarter inch deep where your cleaning can't get to it you see what i mean uh-huh. yeah i do that that makes good sense you made me more optimistic than i was when i made this call <laughs> yeah, i think you'll be surprised one of the most exciting things aha moments i had was how clean concrete can get uh, with experienced cleaners, I, I was blown away. It's like, come on, it's concrete, it's dirt. You know, it's been dirty for th- you know. Not well, well, you know. I even chewed out a painting contractor years ago for overspray. Come to find out, it wasn't overspray. It was where the pressure washer for cleaning the plaster had oversprayed onto the patio down below, and what I thought was paint was clean white concrete because the rest of the patio was not clean white concrete. It's like, man, <laughs> sorry, we did a good job, but, you know, your patio could look like this too. It's like, oh, oh, sorry, I, I apologize. I'm I'm off base. So that's a good example well, I, of learning. I certainly appreciate the information, and you started my new year off on a positive note. Well, hope is always a good thing. I hope I hope it comes true for you, Pat. Thank you very much, and have a happy new year. Thank you. You too. All right. Scott Mosby, Home Improvement, KMOX, 314-436-7900-800-925-1120. Stay tuned. One more hour of wisdom shared as we sneak up to uh, the ice storm that will be upon us when the temperature drops right here on KMOX. Oh, yeah. Home Improvement. Phone lines. Your time. Your day, your show, and this is KMOX. Thank you for joining. Happy New Year to you. I wish you and your family, loved ones, and all your friends just a terrific New Year. You know, in a lot of ways, we had an interesting uh, year and two. Uh, Golly, we were happy to get rid of uh, 2020. 2021 was an interesting turn, and now we're into 2022. What will it bring? Well, Anyway, we will have an exciting year. I promise you much to be covered by the live newsroom here at KMOX. Uh, I want to remind you uh, why KMOX is different uh, in the news. We actually have a newsroom. Uh, It does not uh, regurgitate from other news services. We do uh, purchase service from other the uh, news wires and such, but we have... um, you know, news people. So when you get the news on KMWEX, it's new, it's live, and it's local. So, uh, you know, it's just one of those things in the radio business that, uh, you know, being a business person myself with Mosby Building Arts, I'm aware of the um, things that are more difficult, more of a commitment that businesses make or not. And I just remind you just how um, rare the newsroom at KMOX is uh, for your local news and when it starts snowing and, and schools start closing and we have unusual uh, weather events and notable things, KMOX always answers the bell for you right here in this listening audience. So that's more from me as a listener. Uh, certainly I'm part of the family of listeners as well as a radio host. Um, 
you know, it, 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 I, I hope you know how lucky we are. Uh, anyway, 314-436-7900 puts us together here on the Camwax Home Improvement Show, 800-925-1120. My name is Scott Mosby. We're going to talk to my friend, Fran. Hey, Fran, good afternoon. Welcome to Camwax. And how may I Hi. help you on the first day of this year? Yeah. Uh, well, Happy New Year to you. Um, Thanks, Fran. Okay, I have... Uh, a combination light and fan f- fixture in my living room ceiling mm-hmm. and it's operated by a remote and the remote has decided not to work mm-hmm. so i need to know i had it on on christmas it went on and then when i went to turn it on that evening i couldn't get it on so i had to unscrew the bulbs mm-hmm. And uh, anyway, so this is a, a Hampton Bay remote, and I, um, I guess this is their product, too. I was just wondering, is there any way I can get a new remote? Or uh, it looks like one of the wires came off. I, took the, I thought maybe it was a battery, but it wasn't. Um, okay. what, do you know, what do you know about that? <laughs> um, uh, typic- Hampton Bay is uh, distributed by the big box stores. It's a pretty widely available thing i would go to one of the stores where you bought it uh, you may be able to find a new remote uh, I, I will also say hampton bay um, fans are not terribly expensive so you may spend as much for the remote as you do for a new fan um, yeah well parts, it, it, know, it's really pretty i don't want to give it up it's been up there for over 20 years so okay uh, <laughs> you know so is there they have an office or a place here in st louis well i i know that uh lowe's or home depot one of the big box stores or both of them handle the hampton bay as I, i'm pretty sure it's a uh, uh home depot um that okay. handles the hampton bay product line and i would start there it's you're not going to walk in the store and find one of these no uh, uh-uh. this is something on the website that i would go on the home depot website and do a search okay. for hampton bay remote and see what that is if not get into uh the actual hampton bay website it, uh, itself and say how do i replace a, a you know oh okay well that's a uh, good idea at least they're yeah. still in business <laughs> well yeah they're they're a big Brand. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 just really a beautiful fixture, and um, so I hate to give it up. So yeah, I, I know the I feeling. And, and so yeah, you can get a new fan, but golly, the uh, styles and colors and, and oh uh, no. Yeah, I get it. You know, I'll so, never find one like this. I don't think so. Yeah, that's my point. You're you and I agree there. So good luck, Fran. <laughs> All right. Well, I was so glad to hear. I was hoping that you'd be on sometime because I had this question, and then today I thought, oh, gotta get on. So yeah. Anyway, well, just to confirm, you. you you did change uh, batteries in that uh, remote control or charge it. Uh, well, I know it's not the battery. Are you have you have you changed changed the batteries to new because it's it, it it just takes five minutes to find out. Well, it's one it's in one of those nine volt things, and yeah. I mean if well, I if it went on, and it stayed on, I just didn't think because when I look at it now, there's a there's like two wires and the one wire is not connected, so. Oh. I see. And it's a little bitty thing, so I, I don't know if it could even be fixed. But you know, so do you I've know been, anybody that's uh, so you can see a disconnected wire in your uh, remote control already? 
Uh, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> can you see a disconnected wire? Does does that remote control, I mean, you can see something wrong right there? Yes. Ooh, that may be easier than you think. You just need to find somebody that's good with a soldering iron. Um, <laughs> I'm serious. Uh, uh, grandchildren? Um, electron, typically this is where the old Radio Shack, uh, wire heads, you know, oh. you could walk in that store and there'd be a hundred people that walk through the door in the neck now. So it's kind yeah. of now you're, yeah, okay. but that's who you're looking for is just some, um, electronic nut, uh, or, um, it, and it might be one of your neighbors that's uh, handy and has a workshop. Yeah. So yeah, it wouldn't this, be an electrician then, right? No, it, it's, no. uh, uh, it, it could be. But uh, this is more of a hobbyist than it is a oh, wireman. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And, okay. And well, it, I've got a couple options, then I guess. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and the in the time it takes to run down a new remote control and then probably match it to that unit and get it set up, you may be able to get somebody to solder this thing in half that amount of time. Yeah. You know? Well, it's really small, so. <laughs> yeah. Not much of a big opening there. So. Okay. Well, that's. I will keep that in mind also. Okay. Well, you've got a couple choices there, Fran. Go get them. Yeah. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. Scott Mosby, Home Improvement. Man, we've had an interesting show. Uh, We covered a lot of things, uh, and I'll I'll take you through a few of them here. Uh, But before we do that, I want to talk about the ice melt. I I promised you some of that because we're getting into the second, the last half hour of the show. Um, So I'm going to take you through the various types of ice melt, and I've used all of these uh, successfully and unsuccessfully. The big picture is some are cheap. Some are more expensive. Generally, the more expensive you get, the more environmentally friendly they are and the less effective they can be. So right in the middle is a combination of not really, really expensive, and they take you down to some pretty cold temperatures. Uh, So, you know, just be aware. And there are a lot of things that you can do almost from a do-it-yourself thing believe it or not, like lawn fertilizer. So if you've got pellets for like a 12-12-12 or something like that, some of that stuff can actually work. So if you don't or can't get any ice melt, and keep in mind, anything you're going to throw on the concrete or the asphalt will dry, turn into powder form or granule form, and you will track it, walk it, carry it into your house. Um, And I say this primarily because of uh, hardwood floors and being able to scratch the finish from the granules that stick to the underside of walking shoes and boots. Uh, So anyway, rock salt, basically table salt. Uh, This is uh, rock salt that is not uh, for food consumption. It's the big stuff. It's cheap. You can get a 50-pound bag for about, I don't know, $10. uh, And that works on asphalt driveways. You can put that on asphalt driveways or a wood deck or composite deck. I don't advise rock salt, but it's cheap and it does not tear apart the asphalt driveway. Uh, It is sandpaper on the bottom of your shoes. So you, by throwing this stuff out on the surface, you're sanding or abrading 
uh, various things like that. So keep that in mind. Then you get into calcium chloride. Uh, anyway, rock salt uh, takes you down to about 15 degrees Fahrenheit, so it's pretty good, and that's why the Department of Transportation, IDOT and MoDOT uh, in this listening area, those guys use a lot of it in liquid form as well as in rock-type rock form. And then there's calcium uh, chloride, uh, CACL, and it's a little more effective, gets down to temperatures below zero, so it gets down to zero, zero Fahrenheit instead of, so it's about 15 degrees better before it runs out of gas. It is more expensive, um, and sometimes you'll find uh, magnesium chloride that's like a CAMGCL um, that is mixed in there, and it's more corrosive to metals and also um, concrete. But the chlorides are also hard on pet paws, so just keep that in mind. Then there's urea. And it's a pet safe. Basically, it's urine. And that's why uh, lawn fertilizer, which is the same kind of material as urea, and it's okay. It's it's better on cat paws, but it's way uh, less effective. And it, it only goes down, you know, maybe to, you know, the 20s, the high, the mid, low 20 degrees. Uh, but the high nitrogen content um, is, is what melts the ice. And then, you know, just any port in a storm, if you don't can't get any ice melt uh, you can use your pellets lawn fertilizer uh, all of this stuff when the temperature raises you need to wash this stuff off because even the less concrete abrasive and destructive forms of salt if you leave it on there it will continue to deteriorate the concrete the cement in your concrete so just be aware uh, careful what you ask for you just might get it so what removes the um, ice also damages all of this stuff is not good for concrete and pavements just be aware of that 314-436-7900-800-925-1120 you know and when we come back I've got somebody on the line with an answer for the fan remote so uh, right here on CamWex little help from the family I'll be right back for more and and talk to uh, the fan remote guy in a moment all right, back together, home improvement, KMOX, 314-436-7900, 436-7900, toll-free, 800-925-1120, 800-925-1120. This is the family of KMOX, and Ron looks like he's got a little help for us right here on the fan remote for Fran. Hey, Ron, good afternoon. Welcome, KMOX, my friend. How can you help us? Good afternoon. I would recommend looking for a local uh, mom-and-pop-sized hardware store down in to solder that uh, wire back in place. Down here in South City, I'd go to Southside Hardware on Hampton near Loughborough, but uh, they usually have all sorts of repair uh, services available to them, and I'm sure they'd have a soldering iron and, and a little solder to, if that's the problem, be a five-minute fix. Yeah, it'd be sure worth a try. That's a good idea, Ron. You know, for somebody that loves an old school hardware store, man, I'm disappointed I didn't dig that one out. Thank you, my friend. Okay, you take care. All right, thank you. 
Much appreciated. Phone lines open. Bring it on here. 314-436-7900-800-925-1120. Fran called in with a uh, Hampton Bay remote control for a ceiling fan she'd had for 20 years. The fan is just fine. She's looking at inside the remote control, and there's a loose wire. Ron suggests taking it to a local hardware store, and I'm talking about an old-time hardware store. Uh, If you can find the wood floors in the hardware store, you got it. That's the one. And uh, Southside Hardware is uh, one of those uh, hardware stores. Uh, anyway, so the point being is that's where those fix-it guys hang out, uh, On frankly, on Saturdays. So it tends to be a coffee clot kind of place, you know, being one of those uh, nerd nuts of uh, repair things and such. Um, uh, I, I Frankly, a lot of the answers I get are from old school hardware guys hanging around in an aisle and I'll say I'm looking for one of these to do this and they'll kind of back off and say oh you know and they usually recognize my voice they don't know what I look like but they recognize my voice and say what are you trying to do and they usually what are you trying to do Scott it's like well I'm trying to do da 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 it's like all right, follow me, you know, and then you're off for the ride of your life. So uh, I, I I hope you enjoy a trip to a real hardware store um, as much as I do, because it's kind of where, you know, uh, the old school brethren gather to talk repairs and tools and uh, screens and soldering irons and such. Uh, so anyway, there you go, Fran. Uh, give it a try. Take it to your local hardware store um, and someplace and you can actually usually get screens rescreened, things like that, uh, screen frames replaced. Uh, I, anyway, I like hardware stores and uh, we've got some good ones in St. Louis. 314-436-7900, 436-7900 and 800-925-1120. Um, I'll, I'll take you back through here. Uh, I got through the ice melt. I, uh, uh, also, uh, I want to thank you, all the people that contributed to the toy drive through uh, my company, Mosby Building Arts, uh, to help uh, Cardinal Glennon Children's Hospital. Uh, we took a load down for them uh, just recently, and it's kind of neat. Uh, and they, they give these toys out not just at this time of year, but all throughout the year. So it's kind of an interesting operation how this all goes. Yes, it's Christmas, but you can't imagine, you know, for Children's Hospital, you know, bringing a smile to a child's face year-round is part of this whole thing. So it's kind of cool anyway. So thank you for your generosity to the people that dropped toys by our our two Kirkwood locations, uh, our design center, as well as our main office where we keep all our dirty trucks and equipment and all that stuff. So anyway, um, thank you for your support. Um, 314-436-7900-800-925-1120. Take you a little bit through some of the phone uh, calls I've had, and then we'll get back to our phone lines. We've got some more good questions here. Uh, Phil started out, uh, thought I didn't like digital thermostats. And and frankly, uh, I, I personally love digital thermostats, but I'm an electronic geek. I, you know, I could actually solder Fran's uh, remote control. I'm one of those old, you know, Tandy uh, Radio Shack guys that used to build computers and shortwave radios and stuff like that. Go figure. How did I wind up on the radio answering questions on fix and stuff? But anyway, um, I like digitals, but once you get past a certain uh, can't teach an old dog new tricks, um, and generally that's uh, above the age 85, 87, uh, familiarity 
is nice because you don't have to learn anything new just to turn your furnace up and down. And that's where I like the mechanicals. And the one exception to that is if you've got somebody living by themselves, an electronic foot thermostat, you can set it to an auto cycle and program it so that it comes on and warms up and all of that. But generally speaking, uh, I do like digitals, just not for older residents. Uh, uh, and then... Uh, we got into uh, various things about faucets and plumbers and toilets. Uh, and if you've got a good old faucet, um, replacing the parts in it, it has to be a really extraordinary faucet because the cost of buying a new one and replacing it is about the same as fixing the old uh, um, uh cartridges or replacing cartridges uh so anyway we can talk about that uh anyway let's go to the phone lines now and talk with my friend eric eric good afternoon welcome to lunchtime on camo x scott mosby here how can i help hey scott so i made the the, the decision to go to luxury vinyl and um mm. i got the estimate and i was like oh so what are things i could do to save money and if i remove the carpet and then the uh the vinyl on my existing floor i could i could save a decent amount of money so the carpet was was no problem no surprise that the, the vinyl in the kitchen was two layers. The house was built in like 95 or 96. Yeah. And boy, that, that, that new layer came off like butter. And the, the second layer, not, not so much. And so <laughs> I'm, I'm hoping you have a magical thing, but I'm pretty sure I know what the answer is. And, and you know, so like I have a four-inch scraper and I'm just going to town. Is there anything I can do to not spend the next 12 hours scraping this first layer off or is that what i have to do uh no uh, you're still scraping that first layer off but we use square point uh shovels uh basically it's a um it's what we use to push concrete through concrete forms it's an eight inch wide square point flat uh shovel you can put your foot on it um my gosh your wrist and hands must be blown by now if you're using a (laughs) scraper holy cow you know what it's like to have arthritis now (laughs) oh my gosh it's uh i'm i'm not as young as i used to be and and though i have patience i don't know if i have enough patience for this but yeah i bought one of those shovels too and I was having a hard time really getting under the yeah. stuff. And so this four inch scraper, it's like, oh, it's, it's working, but it's not, it's not great. And then, um, okay, okay so I've go got back a trick to the shovel. Yep, I've go got ahead. a trick and, and a file and a file. You can turn the front edge of that shovel razor sharp. Oh, and you show and you file it from the top edge so that you have a bevel. It would be similar to a wood plane where the bevel on the steel edge angles down to a point. Uh, But frankly, either way, if you file it from the bottom or the top, you can make an argument for it. But you make that sharp enough that it cuts through some of the nails. It can cut through staples for sure. And the issue is there's just more weight to it. So if you're just sliding it and the ticket is to slide it across the floor without gouging into the plywood, the one by whatever it is, because you have Mm -hmm. created basically a wood chisel. Only it's eight inches wide and, you know. 15 pounds instead of a pound and a half okay and then so when 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 i'm doing it the way i'm doing it now i'm getting the vinyl part off and there's like the you know the paper gray backer that's still kind of adhered to the laminate is do i have to go all the way down to the wood or is it okay can they you're supposed no 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 you pull the wood off too you need to pull that underlayment yeah you've got a quarter inch 
or three eighths or half, whatever the builder used. If, if I mean, you're trying to literally split a hair. You, you need to pull the whole hair off. You need to pull the vinyl and the underlayment because you're going to destroy the surface of that underlayment anyway. Oh, and that's and that probably explains why that line item they itemized it was so expensive. I mean, it was, yeah. they're going to actually have to do, okay, so maybe it's some, right. so my efforts may be, cause I'm not sure I'm even ready to tackle the other part by myself. So I yeah. might, I might have started it in, uh, in vain is what I'm thinking. Well, okay. that you're not, you're not alone. I mean, that's do it yourself. And, and the other little hidden uh, secret in there is, is when, uh, customers do their own demolition. They forget how tough it is to get rid of the stuff on, you know, disposing of it. If it's a small project, they can put it in the trash can at the curb. But, man, you start oh, yeah. out carpet, and it's like, but oh, yeah. So, anyway. We're, we're lucky living near St. Peter's. They let you take stuff out there for a small fee. So I've already run the nice. carpet and, and the other stuff out. But what you're saying is, you know, this is the subfloor that everything was adhered to. There's act, is there there's something underneath that that actually needs to come up and then you actually get to the subfloor? Uh, no, no. You'll have you'll have the vinyl um, and the wood. So usually, it, pulling the vinyl off of that wood is almost impossible, as you've related to me. You need right. to pull the plywood off underneath that as well, because then that gets replaced with a new layer of underlayment, and you may have an upcharge with the installer because they may need to put in a thicker piece of underlayment or baseboards or what. But you're doing it the right way. You need to get down to the reliable structural skeleton, which is the subfloor itself, the structural stuff on top of the floor joist, and then you start building up with whatever thickness of material to make that happen. Yeah. Yeah, and then and then I think they're like a week or so out. So I I was trying to minimize the damage to the house to make it still kind of livable, but yeah. um, no, this, this, this is might... a bomb. This is a bomb job. <laughs> yeah, that's how I feel. <laughs> you you can do that, but it's after you do the demo, then you get into your OCD kind of cleanup mode, or at least I get into my OCD cleanup yeah. mode. It's like, all right, I'm done with the demo. Now it's time to do the living, and I you know I'm vacuuming the subfloor, and you know, but that's oh. Me. I, I, Already there, three three times all the other rooms. Yeah, yeah. At least Already. it makes us feel better. I don't know if it helps, but it sure makes me feel a lot better. Exactly. All right. Well, I might I might go a little further, but it sounds like I'm probably gonna have to defer to to them. Maybe I saved a little bit of time and money, but it may not be the savings I was hoping for. Yeah, don't bail out too quick, Eric. If you've been doing this with a four inch scraper, I mean, you, you know, you're trying to find a planet, you know, with a pen. You know, you, you no, need absolutely. to this with a. Yeah. No, get at it with a, a real tool, my friend. Okay, I will find a file or a grinder and, and see if I can make that shovel do I need it to do. Right on. There'll be somebody in your neighborhood that knows how to sharpen that sh- that shovel. Uh, the older they are, the better you are finding them. So. All right. Per- perfect. Thank you so much, Scott. Have a great weekend. All right, Eric. Happy New Year, brother. Take care. You too. Bye. We're going to take a short pause on University of KMOX here while we are exchanging some pretty cool stuff, folks. Uh, you know, I, I hope you're having as much fun as I Oh, yes, indeed. Home Improvement, Scott Mosby. This is University of KMOX or the KMOX Home Improvement Show. Uh, stay tuned. We've got Retire Ready coming up in a few minutes here on KMOX, 1 o'clock. Then at 2 o'clock, the business of family business, one of my particular favorites. I like that. For those of you that are uh, 
you know, interested in St. Louis history, you know, personally, I think the history of St. Louis is pretty much small business. We Midwesterners certainly like to solve problems, and uh, sometimes that uh, means uh, small businesses thrive in our area, and I kind of like that about St. Louis. Uh, uh, been active in the Better Business Bureau for some time, was a past chairman, and uh, it always amazes me how um, the more you look, the better companies tend to shine and the not-so-better companies tend to uh, show their uh, colors. So it's it's interesting when, uh, when the going gets tough, uh, the really good ones start to shine. Uh, so uh, anyway, enough of that. Uh, anyway, we've got phone lines open, 314-436-7900, 800-925-1120. Let's get to uh, my friend Darlene. Darlene, good afternoon. Welcome to Lunch on CamoX. How can I help? Well, it's a feeling I've been working on mm-hmm. uh, periodically. I've been peeling it back till it stopped moving. Then I would joint compound it, uh-huh. and then I would wait 24 hours for it to acclimate, and yep. then I would feather sand it. So I do this three times. Yep. I pushed up on it again, and it cracked. Are you using tape when you're joining? Uh, There's no a- seams. So I'm well, not using any drywall t- paper tape. Um, where you're, uh, how deep are you getting into the gypsum, the drywall itself? How, how, oh, I'm getting it? there. I break it away until I don't have any more movement. Okay. All right. But as That's I'm breaking issue. it away, it keeps right. breaking away. From water deterioration? Yes, ma'am. I'm with you. And from moisture. They didn't yeah. have enough CFMs in that bathroom. Yeah, I get you. Well, you're you're on top of this one. Now, and I'm ready to move on, but as I was up there yesterday, it's a tall ceiling alcove, mm-hmm. and I'm pressing and it cracked. And I said, "Oh, I can't, I can't paint you till you're ready." Right. right. So I had well, to break you... it back open, and now it wants to keep moving and keep moving. What the builders did was they put a thin coat of joint compound. Uh huh. Very thin. And I want to know how to stop that ceiling from breaking. And I don't know whether to run some nails in it. How old is this house? To try to hook the drywall where they might have missed screwing it to the beam. How how old is this house, Darlene? Huh? How old is the house? When was it built? Oh, 31 years old. So it is drywall then. Okay. Um, when you have paper on the back of the drywall, paper on the front, it creates kind of a beam when you have, uh, so as you press on it, the, um, the paper makes it strong. So lacking a surface paper where you've done this drywall repair, you're probably better off to cut out that damaged part. And, and this is a big ask, I know, because there's a bunch of insulation, usually loose and fibrous. Um, behind it is replace the drywall with a new piece and then tape the four corners. You follow what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Because I'm, I fear that you are making a repair to a part that's, frankly, the, the drywall has failed. You can't really bring structural integrity back into that as you're discovering by the cracks. They go ahead and crack. Um, were I to go ahead and fix this, um, I, oddly enough, I'd get up in the attic and I'd scrape back the insulation so that stuff doesn't fall on me when I'm cutting out the drywall and cut out a perfect square, find out where those trusses or ceiling joists are, 
and cut in the middle of that so find by driving nails and find them so that you can put in a good piece of drywall the same thickness usually half an inch on 30 year, year old house and then four ti- four sides tape those corners and then do the three coats you're talking about okay what yeah. about me using the stud finder and running the drywall perfect. screws into it perfect perfect but you still me going up into the attic and walking on beams so i don't well, come you, through yeah you still have to replace that piece of drywall or laminate over the whole ceiling oftentimes when we have problems like this we it's easier just to put a new drywall layer over the top so oh, anyway no, that'll be off center because it'll be a thickness over yeah. the other drywall yep got to go darlene uh, see you next week here on camo x